0: Hello and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm a People's Choice Podcast Award-nominated host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat of your life, gain awareness around mental health, and own your right to have a dream and take up space. Today, I'll be talking with the Vice President of Global Strategy and Operations at Bumble. She dives into the best practices for online dating, tips for marketing and branding your creative venture, and shares how to set boundaries in your love life and career. But before we get to that, I want to ask you a quick favor. If you love this show and it has helped you, please consider leaving it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps bring the show visibility and push it up the charts so we can help and connect with more creatives. Also, consider sharing the show on your Instagram stories or Twitter. Tag the guests at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren Legrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Now to the guest. Preethi Joshi is the vice president of marketing strategy and operations for one of the top dating apps in the world, Bumble. Bumble is in and of itself a creative company. Its founder, Whitney Wolf Heard, has totally changed the dating game by empowering women everywhere to break gender norms by being the first to reach out to the men. So back to the guest. Preethi had a somewhat untraditional path. Prior to Bumble, she worked in consulting and had no real experience in the tech or startup world, but her belief in Bumble's mission, the people who built the company, her hard work and care landed her the job. I know I'm probably a broken record here, but this is just such a great example of why caring is so important. I really believe you can learn anything, but you can't teach someone how to care. On today's episode, Preeti will take you through how you can creatively optimize your dating profile for higher success rates, using my profile as a guinea pig, which is very fun, the power of having a great romantic partner in your creative life, some Bumble best practices, ways to use marketing and branding to enhance your own ventures, how to engage with your community, and she even shares tips on how to effectively bring your creative projects to international markets. If you haven't had much luck with online dating are curious about the inner workings of dating apps, or you just want to learn some marketing tips? This is a great episode for you. Now, here she is, Preethi Joshi. Okay, we're going to get into your story, but just because you brought this up, I have to ask you: What do you think is going through men's head when they post photos, like every single photo is them and another girl? I'm like, unless you explicitly say this is your sister. What am I supposed to think from that? What do you think is happening there?
1: You know, what I think is happening is that someone, a trusted girlfriend like yourself, hasn't shared with them what this actually like comes off as to women who are trying to get to know them. And this is why, Lauren, let me tell you, <laughs> this is why we encourage that at least your first profile picture is just a picture of you. Like just you with your like pearly whites showing, ideally without sunglasses on. So, like we can actually see who it is that we're swiping on, right? And who it is that we're trying to get to know. And look, if other photos have... Pictures of you with friends or pictures of you with, you know, sisters, brothers, like cousins, whomever, awesome, but at least have that first photo tell us, like, this is me, right? Like, have it scream, this is me, this is, this is who you're potentially connecting with.
0: Yeah, cuz my other favorite move is like when you basically have to do like a geometry proof to figure out yes. who the guy is. Like there's three guys, you can't tell. Every single photo is him and another person and sometimes, you know, smart, they're more attractive so you may get a little confused and swipe right. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is a strategy, but it's not a great way to build trust. So this is a great tip just starting off. Let's get a nice big picture of you smiling and a story. Totally. I mean,
1: look And it it also, honestly, it gives you then the creative flexibility to like show off everything that there is to show off about you. So like, if you really like to go hiking or you really like to cook or you really love your dog, right? Like you can focus on things like that, that then, by the way, for all of the men that are listening, it makes it easier for the other person to initiate the conversation and make the first move and to actually say, Oh, I see you have a pet. Tell me more about your dog or, Oh, you like to hike. What's your favorite trail
0: in insert city here? Like it actually allows you to have a conversation as well. Right? Yeah. The hardest thing is when it's just a bunch of pictures that have kind of no meaning or personality to them. So you have no way in. So you've already dropped so much knowledge. We're going to get some more best practices. (laughs) So grateful you're on the show. You have such an amazing personality in addition to so much insight. And we're going to get into your path a little bit. But before we even do that, I'd love to talk with you about the inception of Bumble, because I know it came from something that I call creative heartbreak, which is when you put your whole self into something and it just decimates you. And in that instance, you have an opportunity. Either you pick up the pieces of your heart, put it back together, and walk in another direction, or you pick them up, become more resilient, become more brilliant, and re energize your own path. And that is certainly what the founder of this company did. So I wonder if you might be able to take us a little bit through how this company even came to be and the thought process behind it.
1: First of all, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. Um, But I have to say, I love the way that you kind of talk about when your heart is maybe like shattered in a million pieces, putting the pieces back together and allowing yourself to be re-energized in A new direction in a renewed direction in the same direction with more energy, right? Like, I think there's so much power, right? And individual, like, kind of self power in being able to pull yourself out of something like that and then be, you know, reinvigorated to tackle that thing that you wanted to tackle. And honestly, Whitney Wolf Heard, our founder and CEO, is the definition, is the epitome of somebody who has just identified a problem that is so important to solve that she lived through, that she experienced herself, that her friends lived through and experienced themselves, and said, I'm not stopping until I solve this. Like, I will go to the ends of the earth. I will go to the moon to make this, to make this better for women around the world. And so in 2014, that's exactly what she did. She basically said, I want to flip gender norms on their head. I want to change the way that people allow men and women to interact with one another socially. And she said, if I'm at a bar and I see a cute guy, why can't I just go walk up to him and tell him that I'd love to buy you a drink? I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to go out for coffee. Like, why does it always have to be that he's the one approaching me? And she said, we're just not going to stand for this anymore. So let's flip it on its head and let's create a space, a community, a movement where women are empowered, inspired, enabled to make the first move and where it is almost a requirement, right? It's, it's mandatory for women to make the first move. And what I love about that is it started in dating And it started in kind of like your love life, right? And it really in taking the wheel and being in control of romantic relationships. But then, you know, 2016 came around, 2017 came around, and that same concept, she then very brilliantly applied to platonic friendships and to professional relationships where, you know it's not just about a woman taking control and taking ownership of her life in a, in romantic relationships that she's forming, but also in the friendship she's forming and in the kind of career decisions that she's making. And so, you know, I I will say that, that she and, you know, the rest of our kind of founding team, the, the original founding team, they faced, honestly, a lot of skepticism, right, from others and a lot of kind of disbelievers, right? A lot of people that said, come on, is that like really going to be that interesting? Is that a big enough hook? Is Are women actually going to make the first move? But now when we hear from all of our users and all of our daters and like, by the way, people who have like successfully met the like love of their life or the best first date of their life ever off of Bumble, That is the thing that everyone talks about, right? Is that like the whole tone of the conversation has just like changed because of a simple thing of empowering women to make the first move.
0: A hundred percent. I love so much of what you said. Actually, as you were saying, women who have met the love of their life on Bumble, I realized one of my best friends and the woman who wrote the podcast music for my show, Liz Fole met the love of her life on Bumble. They just got engaged like a month ago. Oh my gosh, yeah.
1: congratulations <laughs> to them. We have to celebrate them. I know that there's probably now all of our, you know, success story and, and gift fairies in the background have already sent some merch to them to celebrate because, oh my gosh, that's huge. And see these, let me tell you, it's like stories like this when, you know, it's a friend of a friend or it's your, you know, best friend who has had a ton of heartbreak and now has like found the person that they want to be with forever. You hear these stories and for all of us at Bumble, it makes us that much like more energized and like happier and excited to be doing the things that we're doing, right? Like every email we send, every Slack we send, every meeting we're in, it's like, yes, this is worth it for stories like that.
0: Yeah, and you know, we're always talking about your why on the show and what a better why than helping somebody find the companionship that supports them to make these bold moves, to unleash their inner creative, to find happiness, to find joy in small moments. It's such a clear and beautiful why, even on a tough day that you can go back to the fact that you're giving somebody partnership and understanding with another human being. And I know you've had quite an amazing journey that has brought you up to this point with Bumble. I'm sure you've had your own moments of creative heartbreak, but can you tell me a little bit about your path? What drew you to marketing, and how did you end up where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that I have a little bit of a maybe untraditional path um, to kind of land. We love that <laughs> to land in you know tech in you know startup that is now a public company and in in marketing, but. I started my career in consulting. So I did kind of a full on undergrad degree in, you know, finance and in management and and really thought I was going to really live in the consulting world forever. What
0: is consulting? Can we talk about it? (laughs) Everyone's like, I'm a consultant. I'm like, what? (laughs) Great question. I did it for almost
1: 10 years. And some days I still wake up scratching my head on the answer for that one sometimes. But this is how I like defined it. I basically said that I would go from like company to company and I was working with executives. And so I would help these executives solve the biggest problems that were on their mind at that time. And now sometimes that looks like, how do we continue to grow at rates that are faster than our competitors Mm -hmm. or other times that looks like, okay, I know I want to hit this goal in three years. What does that mean my business needs to look like? Who should I be hiring? And who should I be like having conversations with on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Other times there's this really cool problem we were trying to solve. This was in 2009-ish, right after the 2008 kind of downturn in the economy. And you know, a lot of our clients were high-end retailers and they were like, Well, we're seeing slower traffic than normal. We're seeing like less sales than normal because people just had less dollars to spend on the bigger luxury brands. And so they said, well, what do we do? How do we think about this? And out of that came, you know, this kind of off price strategy. So think of all of those discount stores that I love to frequent because, you know, I can get some good bargains there. That was kind of created out of this problem that was. How do I as a luxury retailer or you know the company as a luxury retailer continue to generate sales in a tough time? So Mm. it was problems like that that I was solving. Now, I somewhere in there took like a few years off when I got my um, MBA off. (laughs) (laughs) Took a few years off. So luxurious. I just went to graduate school. (laughs) I mean, look, pro tip, like. Getting your MBA is actually kind of fun because, like, everyone loves to socialize and loves to travel. And, like, it's all about networking in addition to the education. And so, like, some days it did feel like a, a two year vacation. All right,
0: good. I'm going. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to get my MBA. <laughs> I love it. I will write a letter of, of support for you. <gasps> That's amazing. Thank you so
1: much. <laughs> but so I did that. And um, while I was at uh, school, I actually like tapped into this kind of creative side of me where I realized I really love organizational design and behavior and like thinking about how people talk to and interact with one another. But I also really care about how a customer or a consumer or a person like you or I are experiencing brands and therefore are then like buying the brand or engaging with the brand. And that was just like oh yes i love this like i want to think like a consumer which of course lends itself to to marketing so so beautifully and so i did that and ultimately i decided to leave consulting in 2018 and you know this is when you just know like you were saying earlier that there's a there's something out there that is like making sure all of the right people are meeting all of the right people but My business school professor knew Whitney and the leadership team at Bumble. And when he found out that I was looking for a new role, he connected me to the team. And kid you not, we had coffee and we were just like, this is perfect. This is a match made in heaven. And so that day we kind of, um, we said, let's figure out how to make this happen. There wasn't a job description or anything for me. And I just kind of like wrote one up and- I joined the team like maybe two months later and here's a really uh, like surprise. Well, this was surprising to to me today. When I, when I found out today, the 16th of April is my three year anniversary with Bumble. (gasps) I know, congrats! but I feel very, very fortunate, honestly, that, you know, Whitney and the leadership team, like took a chance on, on welcoming me into the, into the hive. Right. Because like I said, I have a little bit of an
0: untraditional past. Um, yeah. But people in tech get that that can be an asset. Yeah. And I think that that's something important to remember. Like, even when I went into podcast producing, like, I actually didn't have any experience producing podcasts, but I'm a musician and I'm a huge consumer of podcasts. So because of those two factors and the fact that I just loved it, cause you can't teach someone how to care. No. And I had good ideas. <laughs> you can't, that's really the most important thing. Like, Beyond anything else, hard work, caring, and being a good person. Anything else can be taught. I agree. And so, because of that, in six months, like I advanced the executive producer position because I cared, I worked hard, and I had a good ear. But you know, it's like the same thing with you. And I think people who are really good at spotting talent get that it's more about somebody's drive and that like kind of indescribable quality and how they've evolved before than their tangible resume and skill set.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I also think that there's something about passion and purpose and, you know, like just the desire to want to to do and be involved in either that topic or that problem or that mission. Right. And I think that's the other thing that the team, the leadership team saw in, you know, in my excitement for Bumble, right. Is that at the end of the day, like the idea to, and the ability to work towards the mission of empowering women to make the first move and giving people the space to be their authentic selves, to date honestly, like that is, you know, that's a mission that I am so happy to get up, you know, and go to work for every single day. And, you know, honestly, I think that, that I'm not the only one at Bumble that
0: says that, right? I think we, we all believe that. Yeah. And I think you can even feel that as a consumer, you know, I think when you're engaging with a brand and I'm I'm curious to ask you about this, like you can feel the culture of the company as a consumer, even if you don't think you can, because I'm very into like energy and woo woo stuff. But I do feel like somewhere like in your body, when you're engaging with these brands and companies, you can feel if there's happiness on the other side of it. How do you take kind of the internal culture and then like the actual product and translate that into a brand personality.
1: It's such a good question and I I really think that our founding team did an incredible job in doing just that, right? I I actually think that as they were, you know, thinking about all of the details, right? Not just hey, what is Bumble's mission and what are we going to stand for? But also then the mechanics of a woman making the first move or the mechanics of, you know, our pledge, right? That makes users kind of sign up to be authentic and kind to one another on the platform or, you know, all the way down to the copy that's in our push notifications, right? Like
0: it's very sweet. It always makes me feel so good about myself. It's like, There's three bees that like you. Why did you go? Or maybe it doesn't say bees. Maybe I made that (laughs) up. But like there's three people who are looking at you. Come over and see what they have to say. You know, like it's like, oh, this is my friend. Exactly. That's exactly it. We are founders and and
1: now the whole company wants to be your kind of trusted companion as you are going through the journey the ups and the downs by the yes. way in that journey <laughs> but going through the journey of finding a partner or finding somebody to go on a first date with or honestly finding someone that you feel confident enough to make the first move with right and i think mm. you know the the whole team has you know tried very very intentionally to then take that Friend persona or, you know, big sister persona and weave it into every single kind of thing that we do, whether it's our big marketing campaigns or it's copy for push notifications or copy on social or, you know, product features. Like that's kind of the ethos that we're trying to represent.
0: And for someone out there who is an independent artist or an in- entrepreneur, small business owner, how can they start thinking in their own way when maybe like they're the only one working on their brand about how to translate their brand, even down to the copy of like, what is in, in like a marketing email, how can they start to think about how to translate that through?
1: You know, I always encourage any kind of like founder or entrepreneur to take a step back and be so crystal clear in the purpose and in the mission and in the vision that they're working towards that, you know, I do firmly believe that if you're able to be very, very articulate and very clear in what that five word or 10 word kind of North star is, that everything will will really fall from that. Now, I say that, and I know that that can feel intimidating. And that can also feel like, well, Preeti, wait, are you really telling me that I have to know this from day one, and I can't ever like change it or evolve it? And I would tell you, no, I think you definitely should change it. And I think you should definitely evolve it. But as a founder and entrepreneur, you feel comfortable with change, right? And so I think it's important to have that vision, have that mission, have that purpose, allow everything to fall from that. And then if you're hearing from your customers or if you're hearing from, you know, your friends or just like the market in general, these like tweaks or additions that you could make, make it, and then go back and, you know, kind of look at your purpose or your, your mission and tweak that too, if you need to. Right. But it's all about being very clear on what is it that you're trying to solve? What is the thing that you want to impact and change at the end of the day?
0: Beautiful. So have a really clear, simple, but poignant mission statement. And then keep kind of looking and saying, okay, is this still in line with what I'm building? And be flexible, which I think is such a huge part of making anything great to kind of evolve with the people and the feedback that they're giving you, which I know that Bumble does a lot as a company. Speaking of which, as you know, as I've mentioned several times, I am a user and I know you've agreed to give some best practices. So I'd love to jump into a few questions that I have as a user. And I think that would be helpful because, you know, one thing I really do believe in, and I'd even be curious to hear you speak about this because I know you're married. I really think that who we end up partnering with has a huge impact on our creative life. Um, If we have their support, even just like having that as a stable foundation, when we're going out doing this really hard thing, burying our soul is so important. So actually first, before we get to that, how do you think that your relationship has enhanced and helped your career?
1: Oh, well, I have to shout out my partner, my husband, he, without him, I don't think that I could be um as kind of like career ambitious as I as I let myself be and look I have always been somebody who is passionate about like investing in her career in going and trying to go to the get the best education and work for the the kind of the biggest businesses that have the best kind of people development opportunities and my career is something that I care quite a bit about but you know after I met my husband he really helped me to honestly rethink a lot of my career and helped me be very comfortable taking risks and chances where like, maybe I wouldn't have taken that risk or chance in the in the past. So as a great example, I was Talking earlier about how I transitioned from consulting to tech, and you know, at the time, to a startup in in tech, and you know, without really a job spec, and like really, you know, kind of just jumped and, and leapt. And right, the reason I had so much confidence in doing that is because my husband was you know standing next to me saying, oh. "You got this." Like you know, the worst that can happen is you learn some really great lessons and you understand what you like and you don't like for your next opportunity. But the best that can happen here, Preeti, is that you have all of this incredible, you know, career growth, experience, impact. And like, I, I just want you to be able to do that. And so, you know, I honestly give so much credit to, you know, to my very supportive
0: shout out hubs, (laughs) lots of love to the hubs. He sounds like an amazing creative ally, which is so, so important. I really think, you know, I'm so happy you have that. And it's clear in your career. And you're just general outlook and loveliness. But the number one thing I've been thinking, that's not really true. I've been thinking about everything lately. I'm like really trying to crack the whole dating code right now. <laughs> I was in a relationship for seven years, by the way. So like wild. So I re-entered the dating pool when I was in my thirties. I spent my entire twenties basically in a relationship. So I'm refiguring out how this all works, like in this updated time frame, in this time of my life. And just like I'm a woman now. I was a girl back then. Back then I was like, I just want a boyfriend. Now I'm like, I need a man, baby. <laughs> um so okay, one thing I'm really thinking about, you know, spirituality is very important to me. It's not like I need a specific kind of religion, yes. but I really want somebody who has some sort of spiritual practice. And so there's all these guys that look really cool, but then they have like agnostic or atheist on there. Do you think that something like that is a deal breaker? And what are some other deal breakers that you found to kind of project whether or not a relationship can last long-term?
1: So, you know, what we see and hear from our daters is that things like religion or religious preferences, things like political beliefs, for example, they tend to be um, more common, right? Of a deal breaker. Things like I have pets or, you know, hey, I enjoy doing yoga or actually I don't like to work out and I like to just, you know, hang out at home, all, you know, whatever it is, like those tend to be more interest-based, right? And just like interesting things for folks to get to know. On Bumble, you can, if you'd like to, filter for those who have similar political beliefs to you or those who have similar Kind of spiritual or religious beliefs to you, um, knowing that those tend to be bigger deal breakers for our daters than than most other things. However, one thing that I would encourage is being kind of like open, mm. if you will, right to really any range of experiences and backgrounds, because there's a little bit of I think magic in all of us maybe not exactly knowing precisely what we're looking for and right. letting you know humans surprise us a little bit right and look i mean i say this to my husband all the time so i can say this here like he's not exactly the person i would have picked for myself out of a lineup but here we are right and so i think kind of you know allowing fate to 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 take its course as well is i think important and and feeling open and transparent in the things that do really matter to you versus in the things that you're kind of excited to learn about and maybe that you are flexible in are also really important as you're kind of going through the
0: swiping journey. Totally. Totally. And I know you're like swiping just for research purposes, of course. <laughs> uh, you only like it for the articles. No I'm kidding. It's but it's true in your case. It's very true. And plus, like, there's Bumble Business. Like, when I was in a relationship, I used Bumble um, for friendship before I even ever tried dating because I was like so jealous because I didn't know how any of the dating apps work. So I was like, I got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, do you ever just like find people who swipe based on gut? Like, sometimes I'll see a picture of someone and I like get a shudder through my body. So I'm like, I gotta go to the left. Even though they're like handsome and there's nothing particularly off, but there's something going on. Like how far should I scroll down before I decide whether I'm going to swipe right or left basically? That's a really good question. So
1: yes, like I think, you know, in your like gut when to make a decision, number one. So like, if you feel like you have a very clear, like yes or no, like make that decision because it's also important that you are spending your time wisely, right? right. Cuz we're all busy and we've all got a ton of things that that we want to get done. But what I also would say is if you're on the fence and like you're interested in learning more, take the time, right? to to learn more. You know, we encourage our daters to spend time filling out their profile and making sure that, you know, your bio is up to date with the latest and greatest about you and that you've kind of identified interests that you're excited by, right? And kind of populating those via badges on your profile or that you have all six of your profile pictures. I
0: need to update the badges. You
1: just made me realize I was like, I haven't done that yet. Lauren, (laughs) if you update those badges, we have data that says you are much more likely to receive a match because there's more information here than just a photo, right? About like, who you are and what could be interesting or relevant to you. And that gives the other person the ability to say, oh yeah, like she is cool. I'm really interested. Right. Otherwise it's just it's hard. It's harder to understand like, Hey, am I into you or am I not into you when there's not as much information
0: available? Right. And for those that aren't Bumble users, there's these little things where you have like your little bio, which by the way, for you listening, we're about to do like a rundown of what I'm doing right. And potentially wrong <laughs> on my profile so that you can kind of get a gauge of what best practices are, what people are looking for. Cause Preethi is like, the bumble guru on all these things. So yeah, basically what it is is so you have your little bio and then right underneath it it's got like interested in and then you could say like sports, yoga, like certain things. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it yet. So I don't actually know what they are. There are a hundred and fifty okay. like interest badges that you can pick from. So if you
1: have like analysis paralysis, know what you want to select before you go in. But yeah, there are so many interest badges, but it's exactly that. It's oh, I enjoy playing soccer, or I enjoy cooking, or I'm a dancer, I like to hike, you know, it's basically anything and everything that you could be excited to share about yourself. And, and look, like we don't necessarily encourage that you just select all of
0: them. Right. I'm just interested.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just interested in the world. Um, But, you know, selecting the, the top five is probably like a good number of badges or interest badges to select because then you know like we were talking about earlier imagine Lauren you're swiping on somebody and you see that they are musicians and that they really have started to learn more about spirituality and they love horoscopes. Like wouldn't you on that profile say, uh this Gorgeous. is cool, swipe right and you'd probably initiate a conversation right then and there because you've got three things to talk to them about that you're excited by right so right. it's kind of that concept of like how do we share more information about ourselves in a you know safe way right so not in a exposed and vulnerable way but in a way that allows you to have enough information there that you can start to form a good foundation when you're connecting with one another
0: right and so how many people do you think is too many or just enough people to have in the queue cuz sometimes i I just like get swipe happy. And then I've got like seven or 10 people in there. And I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to like reach out to all these people. So what would you recommend? Like, should I match with like five and then just like, go talk to them? How do I do this? <laughs> so
1: that is an age old question. And I have seen it work very, very well in many different ways. So I have a girlfriend who is a very active Bumble user and she swears on having no more than two to three conversations going at one time because she really is, she's invested in those kind of conversations. And she, she likes to see the whole kind of relationship from start to potentially finish before she really introduces more. She also is a very busy person. She's got a very full social life. And so she just, she knows that she can only dedicate like so much of her day to, to swiping and to messaging. And she, by the way, like wants to have meaningful conversation with the individuals that she's swiping with, or she's matching with. And so, you know, she kind of limits for her, like two to three people on the totally other side of the spectrum. I have another girlfriend who is, around her phone much more often and has i think you know more of an appetite to be in the app kind of more regularly and so i think at any given moment she's got probably like 5 to 7 matches that are just kind of like conversations going back and forth and they're i think a lot more kind of like fast flowing conversations right um and she loves that that's the pace that she just really really enjoys and so I give you both of those examples because I think it's a little bit of like, it's, it's up to you, right? It's like, it's what kind of fits in your lifestyle and in the mind space or the head space that you're in right now. I could imagine that you would approach this potentially differently if, if what you're looking for is the absolute love of your life versus, you know, if you're looking for somebody that you are really excited to go on a couple dates with, right? Like, yeah. That could also change. I'm going to tell you my plan right now.
0: Okay. Tell me. <laughs> I just invented it.
1: Okay. Oh my gosh. I love this.
0: So, okay. I am trying to get as many in the stable as I can. Okay. So like I, when I was younger, I realized, cause I forgot how I dated. I used to like casually, like. Not getting heavy, like just go out on a couple of dates with a group, like maybe anywhere between two to four guys at once. Okay. And even with my last boyfriend, I was like kind of seeing a few different people and then he just slid into the first position because he proved himself. Right. So that's my goal right now is to get more in the stable. So I'm not focusing on one that I'm like, oh my God, you're everything. When really it's just like, I don't have that much going on in the dating arena. Because I think sometimes it's easy, especially with COVID when there's been so much less opportunity to meet people to get confused, to think you really like someone when really it's just like been the one opportunity that you've had in your vision.
1: Yeah. You know what I was going to say? It, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm imagining that what you're able to do is better understand what exactly it is that you're looking for. Um, right. Cause you're experiencing like flows and relationships with more than one person as you're chatting with them. Now, what I would maybe remind you of is once you do select the person who like has, you know, slid into that first position that you kindly go back to the others and let them down gently and, yes you know, close that conversation off so that we're not, you're not ghosting anybody or kind of leaving anyone like high
0: and dry. I would never. Yeah. Even when I haven't met people, I still tell them like, you know, cause there's this one guy I did a couple of video dates with and I'm like, it's not going to work out. I appreciate you, but this doesn't work for me. You know, I like to be very upfront with my communication. My job is communicating. So I'm like, if I can't do that, then I'm failing at my life. Um, But no, I totally believe in that. And I think that's absolutely right. And um, I think too, like one thing that I've kind of realized from this conversation of why Bumble works is because so much about it is learning how to set boundaries as a woman, right? You keep saying, like, we make the first move. What I like about it is like, first of all, there's an initial boundary set where like, even if you swiped on someone, you realize you don't want to reach out to them. You can kind of decide that as the woman, and there's no access to you, until you reach out, which I love. The other thing is it's kind of giving you an opportunity to learn what your own boundaries are with another human being in a lower stake situation than if you're meeting them out in public. Yeah. That, that really resonates with me.
1: I think you're totally right. And you know, what else is interesting is this last year when we've all been in lockdown and experiencing this unfortunate pandemic is I think so many of us have become more introspective and therefore are actually a little bit more clear on what it is that we are looking for in a potential match or in a potential connection. And I think it's because so many people probably did exactly what you're kind of like, Hey, I really want to test this, like thinking that I have, that is, I think I need, you know, this person to be a, B and C, let me go and like, go on virtual dates, right? Like, let me get top half glam and only invest in in that much of this, right? And I can do a quick 30 minute or, you know, 45 minute um, chat. And I think a lot of our daters used this time to really like crystallize that and, and really inform like who or what type of relationship they're looking for.
0: A hundred percent. You're so accurate. And I think it really has helped us get to know people like almost in an old timey Jane Austen style way where we're writing each other. We're going on video dates. We're doing phone calls. I mean, I never did that. I mean, I guess maybe a couple times when I was way younger, when people were more into the phone. <laughs> now they're just like, can I see you? Um, but it's nice because you're actually getting to know someone. So speaking of which I want to take us to my profile. I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen.
1: Okay. Please
0: be honest. Tell me what I'm doing, right. What I can improve upon. I know I need to get the badges. So, you know, hand, hand to the sky. I promise. I will
1: already, we've got one, one next step.
0: So here's little old me. I love this. <laughs> Lauren, look at that photo. It's like you knew
1: I was going to say that we need one photo of just you doing something you love. Like, I love that.
0: So that is, yeah, a good photo of me. So it, for those that are just listening, because we will make this a social asset so you can see the visual, go to my Instagram page at Lauren Legrasso at Unleash Your Inner Creative. Um, but it's a big picture of me in front of a microphone. So it shows what I do, right? There's like an in to talk about something and my face is full frontal.
1: (laughs) It's such a good angle for you. I very much love it.
0: Oh, thank you. So here's my bio. Hi, I'm a singer, songwriter, podcast host, and executive producer at a major podcasting company. (gasps) That's not in there. I just did that. (laughs) Love all things silly and weird. (laughs) I believe in human rights for all and kindness. Creativity is everything. Recently watched the Star Wars films for the first time. And I'm obsessed. Grogu, who's baby yoga, Yoda, (laughs) baby yoga. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Uh, Grogu is my boo. Talk soon. I mean, let me tell you, I
1: love this, like about me. And can I tell you why I love it? Because what, as I'm looking at this, I think I can identify like 10 things that I could reach out to you on and chat to you about if I came across your profile. I mean, as an example, I am less Star Wars, um, obsessed, but I've been rewatching all the Marvel movies. And so like, I could so easily use that as a way to like, have a conversation. Why'd you pick Star Wars over Marvel? Like, please like share. More. Yeah. And I, that's what I love about this. And, and also Lauren, it so nicely encapsulates your bubbly, kind, outgoing personality. And so I don't know if if you spent a lot of time, like writing it and editing it and then rewriting it, or if you had any friends help you write this, but by the way, we do have a lot of daters who do that, right? Like they'll like get their friends yeah. or their family to help write because
0: sometimes it's easier for other people to write about you than for you to write about yourself. Totally. I, I did it on my own quickly, but I wasn't thinking of all the things that they could have an in with. I was just like, how do I actually express who I am in a quick amount of time? Yeah. Cause one thing I have recently realized, and I know that since you're so driven in your career, I'm sure the pandemic has brought up some similar personal revelations But I spent so much time building my career that I never thought about like what it was just like to be a human. Yeah. I was like, wait, I can have interests. Oh, Lauren, we could have like a whole three-hour talk on this. You should come <laughs> back, and we should talk about that because that's really important, and it's a huge thing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like I realize how much I've bought into hustle culture over the years, and I'm still in it, but I'm trying to like break my brain, um, in a good way. Yeah. So anyway, th- my Star Wars thing was like a hobby I had, so I thought, let's tell them about the fact that I'm a person. <laughs>
1: I love that. And and I couldn't agree with you more. I think during this pandemic, I realized at one point that I was just like comfortable working all of the time. Nobody was making me work all of the time. Like, let's be super clear, but like, absolutely. It's a self-imposed thing. Totally self-imposed. And then I was like, whoa, I need to, I need to learn how to cook. I need to watch movies. I need to work out, like play the piano again.
0: Creepy. Come on. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, it only helps your work when you do those things. So this is a great teachable moment. Okay. I'm going to take you through the rest of this, this little screenshot video I did. So then I've got my basic info, five foot five. I work out sometimes true.
1: You're an Aquarius. Are you? I'm too.
0: What's your birthday?
1: January 27th.
0: Okay. I'm February 2nd. We're very close. So close. My aqua sister. I love this. Also, thank you so much Bumble for including the horoscope. So I don't have to sneakily ask his birthday and figure it out. Can I just give an amen? Amen. (laughs) Let me tell you, when we introduced horoscope badges, now I couldn't tell
1: you the exact year that we did this, but when we did, Lauren, like, I think we may have broke the internet because so many people were so excited about horoscopes and being able to talk about what your sign is that like. Now we have all this content on our blog. That's all about what it means to date a Gemini and what it means to try and date a cancer. By the
0: way, like such a brilliant marketing move, because as we all know, you put horoscope astrology on anything right now, and it cannot stop getting clicked. So just brilliant because you're actually giving people what they want, but also it was like a no brainer for the company. You were giving your birthday anyway. Why not? pop that on there. And then when a guy doesn't put it on there, I'm like, okay, non-believer. See ya. (laughs) Or you at least can't have fun with it. You know, I want you to be able to have fun. We don't have to take everything completely seriously, but it's important to, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I may or may not like to read my horoscope on a daily basis. And some days I like, I'm like, yeah, this is going to happen. And some days I'm like, nah, there's no way.
0: Yeah. You take the good, you leave the bad. Amen. So (laughs) I have my undergraduate degree that I drink socially. I never smoke. I want a baby, spiritual and liberal. We're good with that. We are
1: so good with this. Okay,
0: good. Skipping ahead. Here's me by a tree. (laughs)
1: I mean, does this mean that you really like to travel, that you're an outdoors person or that you're fashionable? Cause I also see that you're wearing a very lovely white dress.
0: So this was actually uh, at my music video shoot for my most recent music video for my song Freak Show, which premiered in People Magazine, Honey Buns. So there's like a story to it because why am I I in a dress in the desert? This is so odd. Great question. Right?
1: (laughs) But I love this because again, for all of our, listeners, this is a, like a shot of just you. There is no question here that this is you. We don't have to do that. You know, right. The, what, what did we call it earlier? The geometry
0: or the trigonometry. Yes. You have to do the geometry proof to figure out what's going on. I'm not the tree. I'm the girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, make it as easy as possible. I agree. So then you have all these amazing prompts on Bumble, which can be hard to choose from. Cause I think you only get three, but. I picked the ones that were easiest for me to answer. So it said favorite quality in a person. I picked a lot of them, curiosity, candor, empathy, compassion, a great work ethic, creativity, the ability to be goofy and also have a deep fruitful conversation.
1: This is awesome. Okay. I'm good with this. A plus like Lauren, are you sure you needed my help? Because this is fantastic.
0: I mean, listen, I don't know. I have been getting better results since I changed my profile picture to that close up one. So, just to reemphasize what Preeti said, like getting the close up picture that is not blurry at all. My last one was kind of blurry. And I asked some guy friends of mine, and they're like, we think you might be catfishing us with this photo. So, switch to something that is close up, that's not edited, no filter. I mean, it, I lightened it up, but there's no filter on it. And I've been getting way better results
1: you can also see your smile, right? Like I think that like it brings so much energy to you as a human and then to potentially the interaction. So like that, I think that smile is so, so important.
0: I totally agree. Um, And I mean, the other pictures I have, it's basically, this is like a headshot picture. Love. If you listen frequently, you've seen this photo a million times. It's me in the strong female lead shirt. And then there's a picture of me singing I quote too often from the office. I know that's a basic bitch thing, but there's a reason it's the best show ever. (laughs) Here's me in a
1: wig to show I can switch it up. I mean, look, you are living with this photo here. You are living the things that you said you like in a potential mate of being able to be goofy and to laugh at yourself and like have fun, you know?
0: Yeah. And then I love this question you have. As a child, I was really into one of the main things we talk about on the show is how creativity is deeply connected to the inner child. So for me, this question is showing off how I was creative as a kid and also giving insight into like whether or not my potential mate finds that precious, because if so, then they're honoring who I really am. I was going to
1: say, I think that's exactly right. And I think what else it does is it allows for you and your potential mate to understand Will you have similar ways in expressing your creative energy? Do you have different like opposite ways, but very symbiotic ways? Like you can actually have some very meaningful discussion around this and, and also shout out to Beanie Babies because I may or may not have collected them. Like, you know,
0: uh, absolutely. I may or may <laughs> not still have a barrel of them somewhere. Do not tell. Morning. I'm going to be so rich, by the way. Yeah. Please tell
1: me that you put little protectors on the, like on the label so that everything is like,
0: do I look like an amateur to you? (laughs) I was just going to say, um, not only did I have the protectors on the labels, the tie labels, I had them in plastic. The princess Diana one in particular, I had her in a plastic box, like display case that sat atop my dresser. That was going to be my college payment.
1: (laughs) I can very much visualize this because I think I did the same thing. Yeah. Legitimately did the same thing because, you know,
0: also the princess Diana beanie bear was just, I mean, so beautiful, gorgeous. I mean. Can we just talk about the deep color of purple and then the embroidered rose on her chest? I can't, I'm getting teary eyed. I
1: I know just thinking about that
0: is making me yeah. like yearn for my beanie baby days
1: so that like we could still have her with us.
0: But next podcast you're coming on, we're going to do this. So what I, just the, all the buildup as a child, I was really into putting on plays with my beanie babies. They're such talented, small babes. That was my answer for that little prompt. And the final one is a picture of me. I used to have a purple extension in my hair and there's a picture of my parents' backyard, which I thought was kind of cute.
1: Oh, I love that. What's the story behind the purple extension?
0: So when I was putting out my first single, I wanted to do something to my hair that was different it's called road to glory. Nice. And so it was kind of like, I wanted to stay true to myself by having dark hair, but I wanted something a little different. So I got that purple extension to give me a little flavor and kind of put me on the map as a visual. I like it. Thank you. Would you go back? Would you do that again? Would you like, I don't know, like have a purple extension or another color? Absolutely. I'm in an exploration phase. I'm in a phase of saying yes and no. So like saying yes to things I wouldn't normally say yes to and saying no to things that I've been saying yes to that have been compromising me.
1: Nice. So like so putting your boundaries like more explicitly in place. I love that.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay, I do have one other question on like best practices. How long do you think is too short or too long before you either like transfer off of the app to texting or calling and then from that to date? Hmm.
1: I actually think that that is all dependent on the comfort level between the two people who are chatting with one another. Right. I, you know, would like to say for anybody that you should always make sure that you feel comfortable before you share your phone number, your email address, um, before you think about going on an in-person date, like you should feel very confident in who it is that you're talking to before you, you know, kind of go to that next step. I think there's a few ways that within our app that you can validate and verify that. So actually one is verification. So I think I saw a blue tick mark on your profile yes. next to your name. So yeah, that, that tick mark is an indication that you have verified that you are who you say you are. And I think for everyone else that can ensure that means you're not catfishing them or you're not going to pull the wool over their eyes in some way, shape or form. So I encourage everyone to verify their profiles by the way, you can also ask somebody to verify their profile when you are kind of in chat with them. And so I actually think that's another like nice kind of safe or, you know, safe proof way, right? That you can kind of make sure that who you're talking to is who they say they are. There's another feature that we had launched well before COVID, but actually came in handy um, very much so for for all of our daters during the pandemic. And that is the ability to actually do a voice call or a video chat in-app without ever exchanging any of your personal information. So you can be in a chat with somebody and hit the little button kind of in the top right hand corner, and that launches immediately the ability to see them while you're talking to them. And so... That is also another kind of thing that I would encourage our daters to do before maybe exploring an in-person date, because it also allows you to kind of get more comfortable with one another, confirm that the other person is who they say they are. And also, like, quite honestly, understand if, if you have the same chemistry in a little bit of like an in-person way as you maybe did texting, um, totally. and then honestly, Lauren, once you are ready to meet in person, I'm a big proponent of just making sure that you've like told your friends or you've told a family member or someone that, you know, you know, well, that right. you're going to meet this person. And there's really no like harm or there's no like bad reason to, to do right. Like you should absolutely just like shoot somebody a quick text. It's like, Hey, by the way, I'm meeting such and such at, you know, houndstooth down the street, just wanted to let you know. And I think that's best practice.
0: Yeah. I want to tell you something I had said when I first started dating that I thought was funny, but also so true. Why do you need two to three references to go on a job interview, but you need zero to go on a date? Is there any chance Bumble could incorporate a feature where you can see if you somehow have a friend in common?
1: So that's interesting. I will take that back to our product team because, you know, it's not a bad thing to be able to confirm whether somebody knows somebody that you may be like going out with. Right. What's interesting, though, Lauren, is in some cultures that we're seeing around the world, some people prefer to date within their kind of like networks or their like, you know, friend of a friend circle. And then other cultures are very much like I don't want anybody in my friend group to know that I am on a, a, a platform, not because I'm, you know, embarrassed to be on the platform, but because I want to date people that I didn't grow up with and that I don't already know like right. everything about. And so it's interesting. It's like I think the the push on your idea is how would we maybe incorporate that and localize that for all of our global cultures, because Mm -hmm. every culture has like just a little bit of a unique nuance to it when it comes to like dating people that might be friends of friends of friends.
0: Maybe there's a way to check it off and say, yes, like want to see if we have friends in common or people in common, or you can turn it off to say, don't want to see that. Oh, I like
1: that. And like, I want to share, or I don't want to share even.
0: Right. Ooh.
1: Okay. Yeah. Duly noted. Just food for <laughs> thought.
0: I'd love to ask you like that one other question that we talked about pertaining to like what you actually do and how you have brought it to these different markets. Cause I think that's fascinating. Yes. So, okay. To go back to your career a little bit, you've introduced or expanded Bumble to new markets such as India and Mexico. So when you're thinking of entering a new market with your product, what do you consider about your marketing and branding, and also that culture before bringing it to them?
1: Yeah, so I have to say that one of the biggest honors of my career has been being able to work for the Bumble team, and you know, managing the launch of Bumble into India. I'm a South Asian woman, so of course, there's like a cultural component of this that is like, I love that I'm able to help Indians um, in in India, yeah, but also you know Lauren i think you like kind of framed it perfectly when you think about the cultural landscape of dating in a country like india when you think about the cultural landscape of gender norms and misogyny in in india there's right. so much there that a brand like bumble can help to can help women in india feel more empowered now we spent a year going back and forth, doing research on the ground, hosting focus groups, talking to women um, and men, just like about what they were looking for when they were, you know, going on these platforms to try and find their mate, and what would keep them from going on the platform versus what gets them excited. And then we worked really, really closely with our product team to make kind of changes to the product that showed. Some of the things that we were hearing from our daters or potential daters. so, for example, women in India were and still want to have anonymity online um, and feel protected. And so one of the things that we heard from them was, you know, when you have even just your full first name on a profile, having your first name maybe where you work, or maybe what school you go you went to, it is so easy to Google and find maybe your LinkedIn profile or find find you on other platforms. And they were experiencing that. They were seeing on other platforms that they were then being found on other social networks that they were on. And they were being, you know, people were sliding into DMs, they were harassing them, et cetera. So mm. what we said is when we launched Bumble, women in India only their first initial shows on date mode. And so what's cool about that is that they're anonymized, right? Like it's going to be really hard to Google, you know, P as my first initial and my age and, you know, find me digitally until I am ready to share my name with kind of the person I'm anonymous. And so I thought that, you know, that was something that was a really unique way to think about bringing Bumble to the daters in, in India, um, And then the other kind of really big cultural understanding that we really like heard loud and clear was, you know, women in India have always been empowered. They are like a fierce like group of women to, you know, to work with and learn from. And what they were actually needing was not, you know, more kind of empowerment juice, if you will. They needed the tools that would help them kind of walk that talk like they they were doing the empowered talk right like they knew what they wanted and they knew how, like what to say and when to say it but they didn't have the tools to then be able to act on the things they were saying and so what we realized immediately with Bumble is that really Bumble in India is A tool. It's one of the many tools that they have, but it's a tool for women in India to express just how empowered and in control of like their life that they are. And I think in understanding that about our data in India, we were then able to flow that through all of the kind of the the messaging, right. And the branding and the, like the, how do you actually bring this incredible kind of community, online community to, to a different country that's, that's kind of the, the insight that we learned from our daters there.
0: That's so cool. And what amazing insight for anybody who is about to try to bring their company or their product to another country to really think about and honor the culture and honor what the culture's problem is like what, you know, like anything, like any good company, you're solving a problem, but there are specific problems for specific cultures, for specific women in specific cultures and how beautiful that you really listened to them and what they needed and met them where they are. I could talk to you for 15 hours. You are such a delight. You have so much insight. And I just, Love you as a person. I can already tell we would be great friends if we're ever in the same place. The feeling is <laughs> mutual.
1: If you find yourself in Austin, Lauren, we must must meet up in person, please.
0: And same with LA. I have one final question because it's something you mentioned, and I think it gives so much great insight into who you are as a creative and a human being. You said you love solving problems. Wow, <laughs> what is it about solving problems that you love, and how can we all learn that love? Ooh. You know, I, since I can remember, I've been a curious person
1: and I've been kind of that, like I like to think of myself as a sponge that is just like there to soak up all of the insights or the ideas or the experiences that people around me have had. And I think in being able to solve problems, I get to do that. I get to be super curious. I get to learn about a lot of things. I get to soak all of that up. And I get to ask more questions of other of other people to, to continue that learning process to then deliver impact and add value to either that group of people that really needed us to solve that problem or, you know, that product feature that need you know needed to be fixed whatever it is but i think i think it's two things i think it's i love being curious i love asking questions i love learning and i really really value the impact that then we're able to deliver together because let's also be clear no problem is ever solved by one person but it's this idea that like there's probably 5 to 10 to 20 of us like asking all these questions bouncing ideas off of one another and then we have this like answer and we have impact and we can keep adding value to to people's lives and to the things that they're doing.
0: Well, I really believe that curiosity, empathy, compassion, and love can change the world. And I'm so grateful that such a brilliant force of all of those things is sitting in a power position at this incredible company. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for putting more love into the world. Oh. And thank you for being on Unleash Your a Creative. You are a true gem.
1: Lauren, thank you so much for all of the kind words. And thank you so much for having me. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. It's such a wonderful way to wrap the week. And I can't wait for us to have additional discussions.
0: <laughs> Same here. You're awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening and thanks to my guest, Preethi Joshi. If you're interested in giving Bumble a try, you can download the app for free in the Apple App Store, on Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Follow Bumble at Bumble everywhere and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Bumble app. Thanks so much to Unleash Associate Producer Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. Thank you to Liz Full for my show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Share the show with a friend. You can text it to them or post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And tag Bumble at Bumble so that they can share too. My wish for you this week is that you remember you are enough. Whether it's finding the worth and confidence to put yourself out there romantically or creatively I want you to remember you have everything you need within you and that you deserve to have these beautiful human experiences. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.